is Bean to Barstool, a podcast that looks at the intersections of craft beer and craft chocolate. My name is David Nelson. I'm a professional beer writer and an advanced Cicerone and the creator and host of this show. The music for this episode is by my dear friend, indie folk musician Anna P.S. You can find out more about Anna's music in the show notes or at her website, annapsmusic.com. You can find links and information about our guests in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoy this episode of Bean to Barstool. If you've been listening to this podcast for long, or if you paid attention to my beer or chocolate writing, you probably already know that I'm a big fan of burial beer and French broad chocolate, both out of Asheville, North Carolina. Way back in episode two and three of Bean to Barstool, I interviewed founders from each company, interviewed Jess Reiser, one of the founders of Burial Beer, as well as J.L. Skeffington, one of the founders of French Broad Chocolates. Back in March of this year, I was in Asheville. My sister and brother-in-law lived there in the city, and I ended up hanging out at French Broad Chocolates, got to talk with J.L. for a while, got a tour of the chocolate factory. And we got to talking about how cool it would be to do some beer and chocolate events together. This summer, we were able to finally put together some plans for that. And I'm pleased to share that we will be doing back-to-back events on Wednesday, November 16th and Thursday, November 17th at Burial Beer and French Broad Chocolates. So in today's episode of Bean to Barstool, we're going to be talking with some folks from French Broad Chocolates and Burial, as well as some other breweries that are going to be involved to get a picture of what we have planned for these two exciting events. Rihanna Scott is the events coordinator for French Broad Chocolates, and she has been instrumental in putting together both of these events and handling all the behind the scenes details and coordinating everything. So I thought we would start out by talking with her and she can explain a little bit of what we have planned for these two exciting nights of beer and chocolate. We have two events back-to-back. Our first one, Wednesday, November 16th, uh, will take place at Burial's Forestry Camp location uh, in their Biltmore Village area. It's going to be a fantastic night of pairings with their stouts and French broad chocolates pastry selections. That sounds awesome. And then we have a totally different event planned for the next night at the French broad factory. What's, What's that one going to involve? Yeah, so on that Thursday, November 17th, we are closing down the chocolate factory to the public. It's going to be an event that celebrates the use of cacao as an ingredient. Um, So the focus is definitely primarily on beer. Uh, We have invited six uh, local breweries that we're really excited about um, to showcase their beer recipes that include cacao. That sounds awesome. And then we're also going to have some snacks and little treats and things for people to pair with those, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll have Poppy's popcorn that uses our chocolate drizzled on top several forms of their popcorn. (laughs) Um, And then also at each beer station, we're going to have a pairing from French Broad Chocolate, whether it's a chocolate itself or something from our pastries. So I know Burial will be making a repeat for that second night. Who, what other breweries are we going to have at the factory? Yeah, we're excited to see Burial on the list again. They are a great partner with us. Um, we're also going to see Highwire Brewing, Green Man Brewing, Pisgah Brewing, Wicked Weed, and Whistle Hop Brewing. Whistle Hop was a relative new one to me. I'm very familiar with the other breweries, but I don't really know a lot about them. Can you briefly overview Whistle Hop? 
Yeah, Whistle Hop is fantastic. They are in the Fairview area, probably like a 10 minute drive away from our factory. Their brewery is basically a train. Um, their bar serves out of a train. It's a very fun family spot. That sounds really cool. French Broad works with uh, basically a lot of breweries around the Asheville area, even more than we're going to be able to have there at the factory. Tell me a little bit about French Broad's relationship to the brewing industry in Asheville. Yeah, it's really cool to highlight our partnerships with this event. As you mentioned, uh, we have vast breweries, definitely in the Western North Carolina area that we could have invited. Definitely don't have the space to have all of them. But our our partnerships with our local breweries, they um, seek out our cacao and they purchase it. And what's really cool is for us to see how they use that cacao as the ingredient. Um, you know, we are definitely just the beginning of the process and um, seeing their products all of these beers being very different of course dark beers <laughs> is this season but they've just gone different directions you know pisca with the mole stout um high wires having their 10w40 variant with gingerbread and uh spice wall spices it's just really really cool to see innovation there and be a part of it absolutely and you actually have a little bit of background in craft beer right you came from a brewery <laughs> before you were at brunch broad <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to not find someone in the Asheville area without a brewery background. Um, But yeah, I have experience um, at a brewery and I just really have a lot of love for beer itself and that beer process, Um, especially as I mentioned, the dark beer season. It is my favorite. And so working for a company that is about to highlight that with a kickoff event at the factory is great. For sure. So obviously, as the event organizer, you were excited about everything that we're putting on for these two nights. Do you have anything specifically that you're looking forward to at these events? Oh, my gosh. I mean, both of them, you know, sounding so similar in the sense where like there's dessert and beer. Um, but the first one at Burial Forestry Camp location is going to be a little bit more intimate, um, a sit down panel. Um, we're going to hear from Scott, who is the brewer at Burial, to hear from him and then our uh, co-founder, Dan, as well. And to take us through um, these pastry options and these pairings is exciting in itself, but also a lot of the pastries um, on the pairing menu are new to us. Like uh, French Broad Chocolate only just released new p- uh, pastry menu the beginning of September. So it's going to be very cool to hear right from our co-founder um, how excited he is about them and to hear the descriptors from his own words. Yeah, that's going to be great. So how can people attend these events? What's the information they need to get tickets? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to hit the factory location event, um, the Sips and Sweets one, we'll go to frenchbroadchocolates.com slash tours. Okay, very good. And then the other information for the burial event, that's going to be on Burial's website, right? Yeah, to find the burial dessert and pairing that's going to be hosted at the forestry camp location, you can go to the burial website and hit their events page. Excellent. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to being involved with these events, Rihanna, and tasting a lot of great beer and chocolate. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, David. French Broad works with numerous breweries around the Asheville area, but the brewery that has experimented with the widest range of beers using French Broad's cacao is probably Burial Beer. Burial uses French Broad's cacao in high-concept imperial stouts that bring together a lot of different flavor ingredients to create complex and indulgent finished beers. 
I recently spoke with Jeff McGuire, Burial's Director of Brewing Operations, about the examples that we'll be tasting during Decadence on Display on November 16th. He was speaking with me at the brewery, and you can hear some of the sounds of the brewery behind him, as well as one very enthusiastic songbird that really wanted to be a part of our conversation. To start out, he tells us a little bit about a beer called A Monolithic Theory of a Spirit Never Seen. Yeah, so this is Imperial Stout with uh, chocolate and maple. As far as the stouts we do, it's relatively simple. A lot of them have like six or seven different things. Um, but uh, sometimes we, we try to keep it more linear and keep it simple and just kind of dig into the depth of the actual products that we're using and the adjuncts that we have. A lot of them, it's hard to tell where some of these come we come from. We make so many of them. The inspiration can come from everywhere. I think this one was someone had a maple chocolate eclair that was like, we should make a stout like this. Um, so it came out and well, like I said, while it's relatively simple, it allows for both of those things to really kind of shine. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like you have a very excited bird behind you listening to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that some of these beers just have a, a huge long list of additional flavor ingredients in them. And I'm curious, when you're working with something like the Immaculate Trail into Uncompromising Incredulity, which is one of the other beers that we're using in this event, that has three, no, four different nuts, banana, coconut, cherries, and chocolate. When you've got that many flavor ingredients that you're trying to incorporate into this beer, you don't want any of them to take over, but you want all of them to earn their place. How do you go about building that and balancing all of those flavors together? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, a lot of them, like some of them come from more direct inspirations. This one was literally a trail mix inspiration. So it's just started off there, but um, it takes a deft hand. And uh, our head brewer at our original spot at uh, Collier Ave, who does most of these stouts, has had a ton of experience and is really good at figuring everything out. Like a lot of it's trial and error, honestly, uh, like the fact that it's like, okay, if you use 10 pounds of peanuts and 10 pounds of cashews, then peanuts will come out a lot a lot more strongly than the cashews will. So knowing it's like, okay, I'm going to use a little bit less of this and use a little bit more of that. And uh, we have pretty robust sensory program. Everyone on the staff in production is trained in sensory. Every product that we make goes through sensory before it gets packaged. And with these beers in particular, it can become like a five or six day process sometimes of just going through and people being like, eh, it says banana, but I don't really get much and uh, just making small adjustments. So are you able to make adjustments to that batch after you get that feedback by just conditioning it a little longer on one ingredient? Yeah. So sometimes it can be conditioning it longer on the ingredients that we have. Some of it can be adding more ingredients. Some of it can even be realizing that we're, we're kind of missing something in the initial inspiration. Like we did a beer recently with trying to make candy corn pumpkin stout and <laughs> realizing that like we needed a little bit more umph and actually had a different change for the mouthfeel for it. So adding some coconut as well. So. so another one that is fairly straightforward on the surface is where defining boundaries and crucial logic never stood. Tell me a little bit about that beer and the concept behind it. This one is a uh, chocolate uh, pecan pie, I believe. 
is uh, one of those ones that is like was relatively easy, but at the same time takes that balance of uh, trying to make sure that nothing is really overpowering anything and they're all working together. But yeah, as you can imagine, we have meetings where we, like we will literally just look up different like foods that we uh, <laughs> different desserts that we ate. Like my partner is a is a pastry chef and it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm particularly excited to taste this last beer, these sacred trespasses against the misunderstood, particularly because you're using cocoa butter. It's an ingredient that typically would not be used in brewing because the fat will affect the head retention on the beer. Can you walk us through a little bit of developing the process for using cocoa butter and how you do that now? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like all of our processes, it's always, it's like ever changing. And that was one that was kind of, kind of hard to do for, for these beers. Something like head retention isn't necessarily as much as a priority as beers like our pilsners and everything. And especially when we're already getting a lot of these fats and oils from things like the macadamia and everything, we've found that adding in doesn't really change the final product. I mean, here, the ultimate goal is just to have something that's big over the top, um, a lot of flavors and is just very rich and decadent. And those fats that in a Pilsner would basically destroy it um, in these beers really makes that mouthfeel come off as like not so syrupy and make gives it that nice like decadent feeling. Um, so we've gone through, it is definitely not the easiest thing to work with because it's just, we just get it as just a block of this cocoa butter. But we've gone through tons of different <laughs> using various cheese graters um we have we have a specific hatchet that is the cocoa butter hatchet that we uh sanitize and have to chop it all up in uh little pieces in order to get it in there and let it uh circulate out there that's great that sounds like a good beer name actually (laughs) yeah the cocoa butter hatches so that cocoa butter then is mostly for mouthfeel it's not really contributing too much from a flavor standpoint Oh no, it does. Uh, it does con- contribute flavor. Um, it is a different amount than just using cocoa nibs. And sometimes we'll go through and like uh, we've we've got it pretty dialed in. But when we're figuring out amounts and like I say now that it's like oh yeah we're we're fine using that when that started off uh, just because I'm like I've been a brewer for like ten years and it's just like okay we're gonna put butter in this beer that's <laughs> something they always told me not to do so it's something we started off a little uh, lighter handed on that and we're able to just like touch it up with cocoa nibs and use multiple products to get the final results we wanted being able to adjust and that sensory program has just been so valuable especially for these beers just dial it in. It's that type of knowledge that, like, if you asked me, like, six years ago, like, oh, how many blueberries and how many pounds of cocoa butter should you put in the beer? They're like, you're crazy. Right. So looking at the the list for the evening, then, especially with the pairings uh, that each each beer will have, which of these are you most excited about? I got to say, honestly, I think my favorite out of this bunch would it probably be a toss-up between the Immaculate Trail, the one with a ton of different uh, nuts and ingredients, or um, the Sacred Trespasses Against the Misunderstood. Uh, that one came out really well, and 
is a little bit different from most of what we do because of the like blueberry edition. Came out really well. I think the original we did a similar beer a couple of years ago that like the original one was with coffee and it was all based off of one of our brewers morning Sunday rituals was making blueberry pancakes and drinking coffee with his family. And <laughs> I love when it actually comes from an actual experience like that. And also just seeing that evolve of making that beer and saying, Hey, that would be good if we change things up a little bit too. And let's try it with this. Everything, every beer informs every beer after it, whether it's for the good or for bad. Sure. There's that accumulated knowledge you were talking about of now you understand you have to have more peanuts than cashews or whatever it is. Yeah. You don't have to do that experiment every single time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I am really excited about this. I can't wait for that evening to taste these beers and then taste them with the desserts as well. And uh, hopefully I will see you there. Awesome. Should be great. Thank you. In addition to Burial, you'll also have the chance to taste chocolate beers from five other Asheville breweries on November 17th at the Sips and Sweets event at the French Broad Chocolate Factory. One of those breweries will be Highwire Brewing. Highwire produces an imperial stout called 10W40 that is brewed with French Broad cacao, and they create a lot of different variants of that beer using other flavor ingredients. I spoke recently with Peter Batinsky, who's in charge of experimental brewing at Highwire, about the variant of 10W40 that they're going to be bringing to Sips and Sweets and one other exciting beer as well. So the beer we are going to be bringing to this event, I believe we're going to be bringing two to this event. One of them is the 20-dub peanut butter cup stout. And it took me forever to dial this beer in and actually get it right and figure it out. And we you know, nailed it. And- yeah, so that's basically the 10W40, but just on like steroids? But on steroids. And then we have another one that we are bringing, which is our uh, gingerbread 10 And that is done with spice walla, spices, and French broad cacao. Do you happen to know the origins of cacao that you use in those beers? So for mine, it was Peruvian nibs. Um, I swear by Peruvian nibs in, my, in all my styles, if, if, I can, if I can get them. That's the thing. Peruvian, like a lot of times when I hit up people, they're out of stock. It's because everyone wants them. I don't, I'm, I've read this before and I hope that no chocolatier like listens to this and uh, wants to correct me, but I'm pretty sure that those are like very coveted. It adds this silkiness to the beer. That's like such a specific, unique kind of smoothness. And for my 20 dubs, uh, we never put lactose in them. Um, at least we haven't yet. And I hope to not ever do that. And so it smooths it out and rounds it out just perfectly in this like yeah beautiful kind of sweet way and for the gingerbread one french broad does like a blend of cacao nibs and i believe that that is the one that they purchased for that that one was produced at the uh, big top facility though tell me a little bit about the relationship between Highwire and french broad oh man so first off i'm blessed to have that connection that close in town uh those guys are really respected in the chocolate world like whenever I've spoken with other people, other chocolate producing facilities like across the country, I mentioned Asheville and how I work with French Broad. And they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, like we definitely know who French Broad is. Like they're very well known. So that's a benefit in multiple ways. One, when I need cacao, they've got it. And I can just run on over there and get it. I can try different stuff. I can go in and try the truffles and maybe try and pick apart the flavors that I, like, I liked out of, uh, I think truffle is the right word. Like once again, I want to reiterate that I'm not a chocolatier. So I'm, I hope I'm not using the wrong words here. I can go in and like, you know, pick apart the flavors from their products that they serve there and then order based on origins there and whatnot. Yeah. 
do you feel like the character of those different cacao origins comes through pretty translatably in the beer? It really, really does. Like the Peruvian in particular, like I've tried a bunch of different ones. Um, I recently tried one that was a Dominican Republic blend. And that one was like this like robust kind of cherry kind of fig, which was just unique and different than any other kind of cacao I've tried. I know that they offer some other products that other breweries have used. Burial in particular has used everything from their cocoa butter to husks to fines to all sorts of different stuff. Have you experimented with any of the uh, products beyond the nibs? I've done the fines before and they definitely impart like this, the way I would describe it, it's like if you made an herbal tea with a cacao nib, like it's this, it's not quite chocolate. It's not quite herbal but it's this like kind of blend between the two. I tried it before and I really enjoy it. Uh, I believe 10 dub uh, uses the cacao finds as well. It definitely adds a flavor in that for sure. So at this event, in addition to Highwire, we'll have Burial, Wicked Weed, Whistle Hop, Pisgah, and Green Man. All of you are bringing really cool beers with French Broad Cacao. What are you most looking forward to? What I'm looking most forward to is that when I was um, first getting into brewing, like, you know, around 19, 20 years old, my dream was to own a pastry shop slash brewery. So this has just always been something that I've wanted to do. And like, I've always, I, the idea of pairing pastries and beer is something that I've just love. Like whenever I first started at Highwire, I uh, had like a little, with a local bakery that was right next to my house, we would do our sour releases with pastries from this local bakery. So I love this because this has just always been in my heart, just pairing sweets with beer. That's what I'm most excited about is just to try everyone's stuff and what they're paired with and all the different French broad chocolates and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, this is just everything that I love in the world of brewing right here. Yeah, I think we're all pretty excited about pairing all those together, and I can't wait to try both of these beers. Looking forward to it, Peter, and I will see you on the 17th at French Broad. Absolutely, man. Pisgah Brewing has been making great beer in Asheville for close to 20 years. When French Broad were originally setting up their cafe and needed to install a draft system, they actually reached out to owner Dave Quinn at Pisgah Brewing to help them get it set up. Dave has brewed numerous beers over the years using French Broad's cacao, and one of those beers, an imperial stout named Chocolatized, actually won a gold medal at the 2014 Great American Beer Festival, the most prestigious beer competition in the country. Before we got into talking about the beer that he's going to be bringing to Sips and Sweets, I asked Dave about the process of creating that award-winning stout. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, getting a Cicerone certification is an amazing way to raise your beer knowledge and can be a game changer for your beer career. But how are you supposed to find the time to prep and how are you supposed to know exactly what to study? Don't sweat because the Beer Scholar has you covered. Beer Scholar is a sponsor of Bean to Barstool, but I can tell you from personal experience years before I was doing this podcast how helpful the Beer Scholar study guides are. They offer efficient online courses for levels one and two that cover everything you need to know, tips and tricks for how to pass the exams, and include live weekly Zooms to taste and discuss classic beer styles together. They even have a new coaching program for the level three advanced Cicerone exam. I used the Beer Scholar Study Guide to pass my Level 2 exam many years ago. I wish the Level 3 had been around when I took that exam. I had to do it on my own. Wish their study guides had been available for that at the time. 
The vast majority of certified Cicerones in the world today have used Beer Scholar to help achieve the goal of passing that exam. If you are ready to take your beer career to the next level, visit thebeerscholar.com and check out their online courses. We used to make a chocolate oatmeal stout, but it wasn't very high in alcohol, and we were having a hard time infusing the chocolate flavors properly into the beer. Mm -hmm. And we had been making a Russian Imperial Stout that was like 11% alcohol, and we had a batch of that in the system and a bunch of cacao nibs that were slated to go in the oatmeal stout. And I just, on a whim, said, you know what, put the chocolate in the Russian Imperial, and we'll just chocolatize that beer and sort of coined a little term for ourselves. Yeah, that went on to win GABF uh, gold medal. That's fantastic. So for the event that we're going to do at French Broad Chocolates on November 17th, what chocolate beer are you going to be bringing for that? We will be bringing a mole stout. We use their cacao nibs and uh, another local producer, uh, Firewalker Hot Sauces, they provide us with a bunch of hot peppers. So we infuse some spicy peppers with some chocolate nibs and make a, a spicy chocolatey stout. Is it pretty spicy? It's on the spicy side. It's not going to prevent you from having one or two. Uh, it's not unapproachable, but it is noticeable. Do you happen to remember what cacao origin from them you're using? I think it's varied over the years. They would give us samples from several different producers and we would choose a couple to blend together. And some are a little more on the sort of coffee acidic side and then some are more mellow and oily. And we grab a little bit of a couple different kinds and uh, do a little custom blend. And what's your typical process for adding that cacao to the beer? Are you just steeping that in secondary? That is a secret. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we, it's, it's not terribly secret yet. We, we, we ferment a beer and then we let it rest on, on the nibs until the chocolate has infused. What is it like having such a great chocolate maker and a great source for cacao like this available to you right in town there? It's fantastic. When we first started brewing this beer, I always wanted to make sure there was like a leftover pound that we didn't put in the beer so I could just snack on them throughout the day. <laughs> I mean, we, we've got some amazing producers of some stuff. We're right down the street from Dynamite Coffee Roasting, and they do an amazing job working with small farmers of coffee. Um, Dan and Jail, they do an amazing job with cacao. There's local hot sauce people. There's local fruit producers it's a great region to have access to a lot of small independent producers and manufacturers of high quality product. So with this event, uh, you know, you're going to be bringing your beer. Several other breweries will be there. We'll be pairing those with uh, some desserts and things from French Broad. What are you excited about for this event? I'm excited to see what everybody else brings. I get to try my stuff all the time. All quality brewers. All right, Dave. Thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate your time. Hey, thank you very much. Looking forward to meeting you and uh, see you at the event. Years ago, Green Man Brewery and French Broad were neighbors, and they've been working together ever since. 
I recently spoke with Green Man's head brewer Kyle McKenzie about the beer that he's going to be bringing to Sips and Sweets. So I have one beer that I'll be bringing. We're calling it Mocha Mocha. It is effectively a high ABV milk stout, around 6.7% ABV, that we used a, a pretty heavy dose of crushed cacao from French Broad. It's their Nicaraguan cacao. Uh, I prefer crushed cacao uh, as opposed to just using nibs. So I get, um, I also get some shell and some fines, make it into the beer. And I find that that lends itself more to kind of like a milk chocolate kind of flavor than, than just using nibs, which definitely um, for me personally comes across more dark chocolate like. And plus, it's just a it's a it's a way to use some of the waste product from producing cacao where, you know, they'd have to winnow away um, the nibs and, you know, then the fines and the shell um, oftentimes just become a, a waste product for them. So after trialing that, I really, um, really like that. And then this beer also has a, a pretty heavy dose of kind of a hot coffee extract that I make. We partnered with Cooperative Coffee Company, which is a coffee roaster in, in Asheville um, that we've used a couple of times before. Uh, and we're using a coffee from El Salvador called Chilaus, I think is how you pronounce it, which was particularly milk chocolate, toffee, has a little bit kind of like a, of a tangerine kind of citrus note to it. But we just, we kind of selected that one just to kind of even amp up the chocolate notes even more. And then we also used, while the beer doesn't really present vanilla very much, we ended up using a blend of both Ugandan uh, Madagascar bourbon grade A vanilla beans. The Ugandan vanilla beans in particular are like known for being particularly kind of chocolatey as well. So we were just kind of trying to, to double down as much as we could and make this beer as close to a, a, a mocha kind of beer as possible. It certainly presents with some coffee notes in the nose, but um, the flavor is, is very heavily just blends of everything from German chocolate cake to, to you know, just, you know, uh, chocolate syrup to to like a a, a really probably a, a lower percentage milk, milk chocolate bar is what it comes across as um, and it also does contain lactose as it's a milk stout well it sounds fantastic i can't wait to taste it what went into selecting nicaragua specifically as an origin that's just always been the particular cacao that I get from them. Uh, I believe they also have a Costa Rican that they almost always have. And those tend to be the two cacaos that they offer in bulk um, to the brewing community. So I've just, I've just kind of settled on Nicaraguan quite a long time ago with a, with a previous uh, collaboration beer that we did with them. And you're just steeping all of that in secondary, I assume? Yes, uh, all of that uh, crushed cacao is going into fine mesh nylon bags and then uh, goes into the bright tank or the secondary fermentation. And, and this time, I think we did four and a half pounds of crushed cacao per barrel of beer. So for every 31 gallons of beer, there was about four and a half pounds of crushed cacao that went in there. And it sat on the cacao for... Let's see, right about five days, um, which is a little bit longer than we usually let stuff rest on cacao, but that's just kind of how long it took for us to get the chocolate flavor that we wanted out of the cacao. So I know you're not bringing them for this event, but have there been some other interesting beers you've done using French Broad's cacao? 
We used to bottle a beer called Green Man in the Chocolate Factory. Our owner is a big Willy Wonka fan. And so that beer um, was a breakfast stout inspired beer. Probably pretty similar uh, of what this Mocha Mocha is, but less less coffee focus. And that one, we kind of messed around with this forced nucleation process where we use nitrous oxide to kind of rupture the cell walls of both the coffee and the chocolate. Hmm. You can basically extract flavor very quickly. And it prevents, in my experience, prevents any possible tannin extraction that you might get from either the coffee or the cacao from letting it sit on organic matter for a little bit too long. Both alcohol and carbon dioxide seem to create some issues where you get higher tannin, tannin extractions. Uh, what prevents you from using that, you know, in other beers? Partially because getting my hands on nitrous, nitrous oxide was kind of distant. <laughs> and also we were kind of testing the limits pressure wise of some of the vessels that we were using. Force nucleation requires you to take a vessel up to like somewhere between 75 and 100 PSI. And most of our vessels are not rated to that. And so from a production standpoint, I don't really have a vessel that I could pressurize to those pressures safely. So we kind of moved away from that. It was something that I picked up from a, uh, a cocktail book and thought it would work well. It works well in small volumes, but not in, <laughs> not, not in, not in the batch sizes that we needed it for. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have not heard of that. I'd be curious to see how that turned out in a finished beer. All right, Kyle. Well, I'm really looking forward to tasting Mocha Mocha on November 17th. We'll have you and five other great Asheville breweries there. So uh, hopefully we can all have a good evening tasting some great chocolate beer. Thanks for hanging yeah. out with me today. Yeah, thank you, David. I'm excited too. In addition to the breweries you just heard from, Wicked Weed will also be bringing their Belgian chocolate stout to Sips and Sweets, and Whistlehop will be bringing their south-of-the-border porter, brewed with Nicaraguan cacao from French Broad, as well as vanilla, cinnamon, and chilies. I am so excited for both of these events. During Decadence on display at Burial's Forestry Camp location on Wednesday, November 16th, in addition to getting to taste the four rounds of pairings between Burial's elegant beers and these treats from French Broad Chocolates, I'll also be leading a panel discussion with French Broad's co-founder Dan Radigan and Burial Brewer Scott Graham, just discussing the intersections between beer and chocolate and the relationship between them and what the two can learn from each other. During Sips and Sweets, the next night at the French Broad Chocolate Factory, you'll also get to hear a little bit from each brewer where they will explain each beer so that you have a, a good understanding of what you're going to be tasting with each of those as you walk through that cocktail hour type event. As Rihanna explained earlier, you can get tickets for both of these events from uh, the Burial website and the French Broad website respectively for each event. It's also all over all of my websites and social media right now. So uh, if you go to davidnilsonbeer.com and go to events, you can get to it from there. You can get to both ticket pages from the show notes for this episode of Bean to Barstool. And I also have it on most of my social media accounts somewhere. So wherever you follow me, you should be able to find access to those events, or you can go directly to the Burial Beer or French Broad websites and get to them from there. I really hope you join us for one or both of these events. They are going to be delicious and fascinating and a lot of fun. Thanks to all of the brewers and to the folks from French Broad Chocolates for participating in this episode and for helping put together these two events. 
I can't wait. Hopefully I will see you all in Asheville next week. Cheers. Cheers.